0: You are listening to the Stand With Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. My name is John Shuck, and I'm a Presbyterian pastor from Portland, Oregon. In October 2018, I visited one of the holiest cities on planet Earth, Karbala, Iraq. Of about 1.8 billion Muslims in the world, 400 million are Shia. About 700,000 Shia live in the United States. There are about a half-dozen mosques or masjids in the Portland metro. Only one of them is a Shia masjid. It's the only Shia masjid in Oregon. It's across the street from the congregation I serve on Denny and Hall in Beaverton. It is called the Islamic Center of Portland, the Imam Mahdi Center. I went to Iraq and learned more about my neighbors across the street. My way and the way of my cameraman, Josh Townsley, was paid by the Husseiniya Islamic Society of Seattle. We went for Arba'in, the largest annual peaceful gathering of humans in the world. Josh and I went with a tour group, Caravan 72, led by Mohammed Beg out of Los Angeles. We went along with about 50 other Shia pilgrims from the United States to visit shrines in Iraq, including the shrine of Imam Hussein, the grandson of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and the shrine of Imam Hussein's half-brother, Abbas, in the holy city of Karbala. I was asked to go because I'm a Christian pastor, and because I have interest in interfaith work, and in particular, justice issues. Large justice issues, war and peace issues, such as the so-called war on terror, or perhaps more accurately, the war of terror, that is being inflicted by the United States, Israel, and the Saudis in the Middle East. Also for me, this was a spiritual journey. I was moved by the story of Hussein and by those who follow him. I wanted to be inspired by his courage. You can read all about my quest for truth and my radical ideas, and I have them on my blog, radio show, and social media, but that isn't what this is about. This is about a movement. Arba'in is the largest annual peaceful human gathering in the world. Most people in America don't even know about it. I didn't until I was invited to attend earlier in 2018. This tour group, is like any spiritual tour group to a holy place. In this case, Shia Muslims from all over the United States visit holy sites in Iraq, and some went on a continuation of the tour to Iran. We stayed in a hotel in Karbala for most of the time, and then in another hotel in Najaf. Josh and I spent our time with the tour group, participating in their programs, going to the sites, including Karbala, Najaf, Baghdad, and Samarra. And, of course, going on the walk. A 50-mile walk over two and a half days from Najaf to Karbala. We spent two nights on the road, one night at the Iranian media center and another at the Bab Hussein Mokib. Visiting Iraq is not dangerous, even as the State Department says that Americans are not supposed to go to Iraq. I never felt safer. Josh and I walked around Karbala by ourselves. We did the 50-mile walk by ourselves. We were embraced. Many people took selfies with us. We were even the object of media attention when it was discovered that a Christian pastor from America was making a film about his trip to Arba'in. So, who is Hussein? And what is Arba'in? What I heard most often was that Hussein saved Islam. All Muslims know this. Both Sunni and Shia honor Hussein. Shortly after the death of the prophet, a corrupt politician, Yazid, claimed control of Islam and demanded that the grandson of the prophet, Hussein, bow to Yazid's authority. Hussein refused as a matter of conscience. On the plains of Karbala, Iraq, Yazid and his army of 30,000 surrounded Hussein and his family and his 72 companions, demanding Hussein's allegiance in exchange for his life. Hussein refused. A slaughter resulted. It was a battle of truth versus falsehood, good versus evil, right versus might. The incredible cruelty of Yazid and the transcendent bravery of Hussein is recounted every year with deep mourning and conviction. The women and children were taken prisoner and forced to walk to what is now modern-day Damascus, Syria. There, Hussein's sister, Zainab, bravely recounted the cruelty of Yazid and the bravery of Hussein and kept the truth alive. There's a saying, that the movement ended with Imam Hussein, but continued with Zainab. Yazid ordered the family to leave Damascus. On their way home to Medina, Zainab asked to return to Karbala to visit the site of the battle. They arrived on the fortieth day after Ashura, the day of the battle. Arba'in means fortieth. It's only been in the last few years since the fall of Saddam Hussein that millions of people have come to visit their imam.
1: Our gathering that you see of millions actually started after the demise of Saddam. Why? Because the Shias have been oppressed throughout centuries. They have been oppressed. And in the time of Saddam, if anyone was found walking towards the imam, they would be killed. And many scholars were killed through that. So the Shias, they saw that opportunity now of now we are free. And now we are able to go to our imam freely. So because of this, people, they take on that burden of, and that hardship of walking towards the imam because of that love to show that now we are free and now we can express that love
0: towards Imam al-Hussein. During the time of Saddam, the walk was illegal.
2: Actually, there was kind of local uprising in Najaf back in 1977 when the government, the Ba'ath government, decided not to allow anyone to leave Najaf. But a group of youth people, they challenged that, and they run toward Karbala. And Saddam Hussein brought big brigades and many parts of the Iraqi army to block the road, and they arrested thousands of people. Actually, myself, I was arrested in that event. And we spent many days in in prison, and they killed some people, and and tried to scare the people off it, because they considered that a real challenge to their authority. And this is when they started not to allow any people to walk, but that did not stop people to go walking, but it wasn't as such public event. People would sneak in the night and go walk, or people will go not walking through the main roads, that's what you witness, which is the main road between Karbala and Najib. They would go through the back doors, you know, within the ruler area, so the government would not detect them.
0: But now people come from over 60 countries, some walking hundreds of miles.
2: This walk
3: that's happening right now is uh, a new phenomenon. And it, it didn't start by any planning no one planned it it's just that after years of subjugation under saddam people were not even allowed to mourn and cry no one was allowed to come here to even show their love so after years of subjugation when freedom was found it just happened that people when Arbain came around they just felt that you know what i'm just gonna go they left their homes and started walking they didn't want to take a bus or anything. They just started walking. You know, uh, how would someone understand it? Like, for example, in every very uh, crass example, I'll give you like Forrest gum starts running, you know. There's no reason. just felt like it. And you just feel like that. I want to do this. That's it. The passion came in and you just walked. And you just came. And you made yourself available And then just grew from there. It grew, so it's something that is new, and it's just naturally there. We don't know, and there is no one who made the plan. That, okay, you know what? This is written in religion that we have to do this. It wasn't like that; it just came about. And I, you know, and what, how it came about, the wisdom, what's the divine intervention in that? I don't know. No one knows yet. We are still trying to figure it out. But all we know is that we are enthralled in
0: the passion of the moment. That's it. The walk to Arba'in is a time of mourning. The entire walk is a constant prayer. Poetry that recounts the sacrifice of Hussein for Islam and for all humanity is recited in Arabic, Urdu, Farsi, and many other languages. Often, this mourning includes a rhythmic beating of the chest called matam.
3: So right from the start right there was there's truth and there's falsehood with Imam Hussein is the same thing you see he stood for truth there was truth in him and then there's falsehood that was out there so as this truth and falsehood they come and meet falsehood on that day of Ashura the army there on Ashura when they killed Imam Hussein and they captured his family they started beating drums of victory and they proclaimed to the world that they won and Hussein has lost. And that was more hurtful for the family of Hussein than even his death. The fact that they proclaimed victory, they beat the drums of victory. But divine decree would have it such that after they after that day, until the Day of Judgment, that the drums of victory are going to beat. And these are the drums of victory of Hussein. We're claiming to the world that truth has won. And we are making noise too, so the whole world can listen to that noise and that beat and know that this is truth that will always win.
0: All along the road between Najaf and Karbala are Mokibs. They provide rest. Relaxation, food, and my favorite, Iraqi chai, strong and sweet. The people of Iraq are the hosts. They save up for the year to provide comfort and hospitality to those who are visiting Imam Hussein. On the first night, we stayed at the Iranian media center. Two people gave up their cots for us. We spoke with an Iranian filmmaker. He told us the story of Ali Askar, the six-month child of Imam Hussein.
4: The six-month boy was uh, the son of Imam Hussein, with the name of Ali Astar. That uh, in the battle of Ashura, or the day of Ashura, Imam Hussein uh, told the enemies and put uh, the Ali Asghar on his son, like this, and told the enemies, he is six months. He is thirsty. If you have war with us, he is children. But what happened? Someone put the aliakar uh, neck and kill him. Very simple. In these days you can see the same killing of like this story where in Israel, in Yemen, in Syria, some years ago in Iraq, here, like in near in this road. We can find something. With these stories.
0: Justice. That is the main takeaway from all of this. The courage to stand with the oppressed against the powerful. To take a stand for truth. To take a stand for justice. To take a stand that requires sacrifice. That is the essence of Imam Hussein and true Islam. And true humanity. On the walk between Najaf and Karbala are pillars every 50 meters. On each pillar is a poster of a martyr, a young man who lost his life fighting ISIS.
1: Along the pools from pole number one all the way to pole 1400, you will see pictures of martyrs we call shuhada. These are actually people who, regular people, not army trained, who actually rose up when they heard the verdict to go and defend. All of those pictures are innocent young kids who have left behind wives, have left behind kids, and they rose up so that they can go and defend the shrines of the Imam. They can defend their country. And so that's their day. They give up, they give their life so that we are able today to be able to come visit the Imam, be able to go to Karbala, be able to go to Samara. Sheikh Hani, um, he's like one of the bravest guys I have met. I met Sheikh Hani from 2013. He actually was one of my Arabic grammar teachers. Very brave. Um, He always had a problem with um, Wahhabis because he's from an area in Baghdad where a lot of his family members have been killed through explosions. So he always had this this I would say bravery of always going and fighting off these enemies so when he had the opportunity to go and fight he didn't look back he told us in class that you know what I'm leaving tomorrow and I will not come back and I remember seeing him I remember seeing him a week three days before he died I saw him and Subhanallah, I saw him and we hugged and he said, I'm going back and he never came back.
0: This 50-mile walk from Najaf to Karbala is not easy. It is wall-to-wall people in the desert heat. But walking does offer time for reflection. It was important to me to do the walk, even more so than to make a movie. This was a spiritual visit for me. I'm glad I made the choice to do the walk rather than focus on making a movie about the walk. It gave me the opportunity for self-reflection. What is my life about? Where do I stand? For whom do I speak? I met a man from India, and we walked together for about 90 minutes. I don't remember his name, but we talked about everything from religion to politics to life it was a breath of fresh air to be able to have conversations about things that matter with someone from the other side of the world. It was one of many gifts I received on this road to Karbala.
5: We have been making this walk uh, continuously. We have been thinking that, or looking around, that everyone is walking in one direction, which is towards Karbala, which is towards Imam Hussein, And I think it's very symbolic and metaphorical that even in our lives, um, you know, the duration that we are in this world uh, we all need to be walking in one direction which is you know, in, in our belief which is Najat which is to uh, be free of this world and be with Imam Hussein and all the bayt and all the prophets and uh, be with, with God and the way to do that is to have that singular focus in one direction towards the truth towards the even in the Quran, it says that you know, be on the right path, be on the righteous path. And this feels like that's what we are on. We are on this righteous path. Everyone is moving in that same direction. Everyone has this dedication. Everyone has this intense love for Imam Hussein, which is drawing them all. Uh, you know, we saw young and old and uh, people who can't walk and they don't have shoes doesn't matter. They're all going there. There's some kind of love which is drawing them in.
0: On the second night, we stayed at the Bab Hussein Mokib. Again, two people gave up their mats for us. This is a huge Mokib with sleeping accommodations for 4,500 people. Karbala, Iraq is not a wealthy city. The electricity goes off and on. The water is bottled. Yet, the city receives 15 million people during a two week period. It's as if the streets themselves expand. You know, when the companion
1: of Jesus came to him and they wanted to see a sign, and they said, show us a sign. And the sign was a table spread, the last supper we call it. And from a piece of bread, he was able to feed how many people? We see it here, the same thing. The same thing here you will see that these people throughout the year don't got nothing and even myself i asked myself this question how when it comes to arbaeen how can these people host 40 million 30 million people like you said the sewage is bad the roads are bad i mean the infrastructure is bad but you will see that in this walk this two weeks or week of of people coming here you will see that everything is free They give their houses, they give every little thing that they got, they give it. How is a miracle from God. This is something that is unexplainable, just like the table spread, you know, and um, I mean, this is something that buzzes in my head every time, just thinking how many animals they killed, how many uh, 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 food they give, how many water they give. And you will see after Arbain, they go back to suffering. But when it comes to Arbain it's like, You will think that everybody in Iraq
0: is rich. You don't make the visitation, the ziarat, without an invitation. It is important that the imam invites you and that the imam grants permission. So all of the visitors, all 15 million plus, are believed to have been invited. No visitor is unwelcome. No visitor is anything less than a blessed beloved of Allah. Of course you feed them, of course you shelter them, of course you care for their needs. You love them because they are on a divine mission, a sacred journey in which they will be blessed, be a blessing to the world, and you will have a part in that. Not because there's anything extra special about you, but because, inshallah, you do it for the love of Hussein, alayhi salam the people of Iraq, know this. Whether you are making the ziyarat or serving those who do, it is a divine interplay, an unchoreographed dance of love. But lest we get caught up in the romance of it, let us remember, who is this imam who invites visitors from all over the entire world? Imam Hussein, alayhi salam refused to submit to the authority of Yazid, who he believed to be unjust. Hussein refused to allow Islam to be directed by tyrants with small minds and large greed. His brutal slaughter and the slaughter of his 72 companions on the plains of Karbala 1,400 years ago was a tragedy, a tragedy of cosmic significance. But it was something else. It is a victory. It is a tragedy that repeats itself all over the world and it is a victory in the hearts of those who will not allow that tragedy to be the final word on the matter. The invitation to visit Hussein, alayhi salam, is the invitation from his own lips. As the battle ended, and Hussein faced his own end, he called out to the world, to future generations, Is there anyone who will help me? The response is from any in the world. Regardless of religion or culture or language, Labek Yahussein. Here I am, Hussein.
5: Hussein
3: is the name of justice.
2: Hussein is the
3: name of sacrifice. Hussein is the name of braveness. Hussein is our symbol. Hussein is our passion. Hussein is our love.
0: La ya Hussein. Here I am, Hussein, can mean so many things in a world that is soaked in the blood of injustice. It can mean that I will bear witness to what I think is true, what I think is just, what I think is good, even if it means I will have to give up my own life. I will fight the Yazids of the world on behalf of the poor, even if the odds are 30,000 to 72, inshallah.
4: There's a phrase from that we hear from the story as we grow up, and it's, every day is Ashura and every land is Karabela. and. I think that that is one of the most powerful reminders for how timeless this story actually is. It's reminding us that every day is Ashura. So Ashura is being the day that Imam Hussein was killed. Every single day there are people losing their lives or facing oppression in one way or another. And every land is Kadaverat. It's happening everywhere in the world, even here in Portland, you know, in the United States in these In the developed countries, there's oppression happening everywhere and in every single generation.
0: I don't want to leave with a false impression. I was embraced. But that should not be mistaken for, it's all good. It's not all good. The United States has rained destruction and death on Iraq. Millions in Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria, Libya, Palestine have died and are still dying because of the United States and its misguided foreign policy and its support of Saudi Arabia and Israel. War drums continue to beat against Iran for no good reason. I came as an ambassador. I hope others will come. I hope American media will come. I hope other Christian pastors will come, come and see, see what is happening, Talk with real people and be advocates of true peace, peace that comes from justice. The most emotional moment for me was when I was able to swim through the bodies to touch the latticework that is above the grave of Imam Hussein. Salam. I couldn't quite reach it. A hand took mine and pushed it against the latticework. I looked at the person who helped me. Our eyes met. And I felt a surge of emotion. It was as if Imam Hussein a.s. was calling me to give myself for truth. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian pastor, but because of my encounter with Imam Hussein I have received a renewed faith in the work of Jesus and Hussein, peace be upon them both, for justice and truth. Jesus and Hussein are brothers. They are one, If the human race is going to survive, we all must be one.